Welcome back to another episode of That's Business. Today's guest, Amanda Sweet, is a newer friend of mine and someone who just oozes confidence and oozes just like good people. She's the founder of The Revamp, a recycled slow fashion brand built through community sharing. She was recently the winner of Miss Voluptuous America 2022. Amanda is also a confidence coach and consultant. Amanda, thank you so much for being on the podcast. First and foremost, tell listeners about yourself. Yeah, well, fun fact, you are going to be the first person that ever says it on camera on recording that I'm a confidence coach. (gasps) I am? You are. (laughs) So exciting. So I just got, I was like, oh, she's saying it. It's on my now. It's real now. Now I have to commit to it. Now I have to do the thing. So that's fun. Uh, I'm super excited about it. Uh, but yeah, you got me in a nutshell. Before the pageant, I called myself the creative fairy godmother because I like to just like oh, I love that. come in and just like wave my magic wand. But Miss Voluptuous America works. It, mm-hmm. it works really, really well. Now it makes all the other things that I do make sense. Because before everybody's like, I don't understand you. But now that I'm a beauty pageant queen. They're like, oh, I get it. And I'm like, that's all I needed to do was do a beauty pageant. Okay. Should have told me that 10 years ago. Right. That's all it took. But here we are. You know, it all made sense. Like all, the path made sense. So here I am, Miss Voluptuous America, which is still weird for me to say. I'm still figuring that out. Still figuring out the business owner thing, but we're just leaning into it. Right. Now I feel like publicly committed which is what I need to do things. It's going to be published to everyone. It's it's in the interwebs forever. So you got to do it now. I know. I know. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I love it. Well, let's break down because you have so, you're so multifaceted. And I remember when you talked to me um, and Andy, our mutual friend, who I think she was episode five of this podcast, and we introduced and she's like, oh, Amanda's awesome. She's in this Miss Voluptuous pageant. And I had never heard of it. And there is this just beautiful community, which hell yeah, for people that aren't, you know, the what's the right word, like the typical like beauty queens. Like, I love this. So how did you A, get involved with it? And B, I mean, I know you're traveling to the UK next month to do the one next. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So I had never heard of it either. And I'm not a beauty pageant person. I was just kind of like, beauty pageants are not for me. I don't look the standard. I won't fit in. I kind of set myself up for failure from the beginning. So I just never, it was never something that I had aspirations to do. But I do remember I wrote like a life bucket list. And for some reason, beauty pageant was on there. Interesting. I know it was really random. And then like early February, my husband, Labrie, and I, who he's super dope, and I'm sure I'll talk about him more, but... We love him, yes. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> we went to the Lion King, and I had been, like, dying to see the Lion King, and I was in a pouty attitude the whole day, and it has been, like, a dream of mine, but I just was in, like, the worst mental space possible. And I remember we went to a bar after, and I was like, you know what I dream? And he was like, what? I was like, I want to be, like, a full-time entertainer and a full-time model and he was like okay like I know this and I was like but I've never said it out loud and he was like you haven't said it out loud though he was like but like we know this like if you want to do it just go do it and I was like okay just go do it I guess just go do it like that's all I have to do is just go do it yeah it's that easy I know I was like googling and I was like you know, like for those of you that are listening, that sound is me like vigorously typing on a keyboard. Um, 
And I was like, ooh, ooh, I got to find something. And I like Googled plus size model and that was it. And the Miss Voluptuous pageants popped up. It was the first thing. So I clicked it. I went on the website and I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. And I looked at the calendar and it was like the day before, or a couple of days before the deadline. And I was like, all right, what's the worst that can happen? This is not my first time filling out an application last minute. This is, will not be the last. It's not the first time I did something super outlandish and like left field and it won't be the last. Right. And worst case scenario, I fill out an application. I can get better at typing about myself, like expressing my story through For sure. copy. And I was like, okay, that's the worst that can happen. Best thing that could happen is I get in and I go and I meet international folks. Like that's the best case scenario. And Submitted the application. A couple days later, I got an email that felt like a fake email. It felt like an autoresponder. It was like, yes. wow, in all caps. Wow. We loved your application. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I didn't make it. <laughs> and then I opened the email and it was from a real human that was really excited about the application. And I was like, oh, snap. And then got to the end and it was like, international grand final is in April. Mind you, it's February. International grand finals in April in Nashville start packing their bags. And I was like, Oh, whoops. <laughs> like, Oh, whoops. Like we did it. <laughs> right. It was very unexpected only because I was like, it's last minute. It's not going to happen, whatever. But on the other side of my brain was like, cool. Like this is a fun thing for me to do and try and we'll see how it goes. And then when she said, yes, you're in, I was like, Oh, cool. Okay. I have less than two months to get to Nashville, get a, it become a beauty pageant queen or whatever. And then two months just flies by and I go and I'm just like, I'm like here to have a good time and here to have fun. And then they crowned the international winners and I was in the top two or the top three. And I came in second to the international title holder who's Amy and she's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, Oh, we're going to do the continental. And so all of us went up the continental uh, crown holders. were going to be competing with everybody that you're in the continent with. So when they, told me the day before, they're like, okay, you're, we're going to put you in the Asia category just because there's, we just want to have that category a little more well-rounded because there's only three Asian women represented in the pageant. And I was like, okay. So they go, okay, America title holders come up to the stage and all of America's up there. And the girl standing next to me is like nudging me. She's like, you got this, you got this. And I was like, no, I'm going to be competing in Asia. Like, I know I'm not going to get this because they're going to pull me in the Asia. And they said my name and I was like, oh, <laughs> wait, this is real what me and I was like me and then I went up and I got the crown and then I'm like sitting here and I'm like wait wait I got a title in the first pageant I ever did that I was just like oh, that's amazing. but you did on a whim right I did on a whim, but also like I, I say that but like for the last 10 years I've been like prepping myself to be a beauty pageant contestant like I've been doing modeling I've been runway acting improv like storytelling theater community service like it all like makes sense oh for sure but after that it kind of sunk in where I was like oh shit well when I had seen you had won I was like not I mean we were newer friends at the time but I was like I don't know I wasn't surprised at all I was like that makes sense like yeah of course you won like in your first pageant of course you did and a lot of people said that but like the inside of me is like did I actually win like your imposter syndrome yeah like it's very much seeping out right now and I'm trying to let it all seep out so it can just go away because I'm done with that version of myself that's just like oozing imposter syndrome. Because in reality, 
one side of me was like, oh my God, did I actually win? But the other side of me was like, I've been preparing for this for 10 This years. is your moment, right? Yeah. Like, so it's that duality of like being okay with like thinking you're the shit and also thinking that you're shit. <laughs> like somewhere right. in the middle, success happens, you know, somewhere in the middle stuff happens. And it's like, just apply anyways, kind of the thing that I've been riding the wave on is like, just do it anyway. You're afraid. Okay. That's cool. Be afraid, but do the thing anyway. Cause who knows what could happen. You could be an international beauty queen title holder and then things just start happening. So that's kind of the story in a nutshell, but it was really cool. It's really cool. It still hasn't sunk in and it's been a couple months and it's still kind of like, is the world what is what, what is, is the world what is that <laughs> I love that now you're traveling to the UK yes in July talk about this yes so this is a prime time example of just shooting your shot so like the first example was like shoot your shot fill out the application and then we come to the pageant and I'm I am an event coordinator. I have a long history of hosting events. So like immediately my brain is like in event mode. Like what time do we need to be on stage? Who's doing this? What is that? What could go wrong? How can we prevent it from going wrong? Right. And I noticed that, you know, Natalie is, she's a badass bitch. Like I'll just start with that. Yes. Natalie is the director of the program and she is much like us over in the UK on her own that has a vision and she's just doing everything she possibly can to create this experience for people. But she, this is her first time doing the pageant in the United States. So she had very limited resources and I'm just like looking and I'm, I'm watching and I'm seeing what I can do to fix it for the next one. And, you know, she's like, yeah, we're doing the UK pageant in July. And I'm like, do you need an MC? <laughs> I just shoved my whole foot in it. And I was like, do you need a DJ? My husband DJs for fun. And I was like, do you need a, do you need this? Do you need that? And she's like, actually, yeah, we still do. And I was like, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> I just committed to something like, just like the whole, the business thing, like saying my company out loud on a podcast before it's fully launched. It's like, we'll do it. We can do that. We'll be there. See you in July. And you're just going, we're just going to go, we're just going to do it. And you know, it's like, just shove your entire foot. And if the door is open and you see it closing, just shove your foot in it. And the worst thing is no, but that just opened how many more new opportunities for you are going to come out of that. Like, that's crazy. And the way I'm thinking about it is like, worst case scenario, we get to go to Europe. Right. Maybe, you know, God forbid that I do an awful job, but like I put my foot in my mouth for something that I'm used to doing. So it's like, this is something I already do. I know I'm going to do well because I've been prepping for it for forever. Like, I'm just going to say it and see what happens next. Like, Right. Exactly. I love this. And part of that has really stuck with me in one of the conversations we had is, And I think you had started the conversation on TikTok. I saw it, brought it up, I think, when I saw you. But you weren't always this confident person. And it's so difficult because I I related to your story, too, of just, you know, you grow up with all these twiggy people in all fashion magazines. And this is how you should look like. And I'm someone that I have never been. I've always had curves. I've always been this person. And it was hard growing up of being with friends who are that way and all of that. But Part of your story really resonated with me of just like, you know, it's you have these thoughts, you go through depression and everything like that. So if you feel comfortable, I would love to hear like what that journey was like for you getting to how you are this like oodles of confidence person today. Oh, yeah. I will tell any part of my story because I just feel like so much of it is 
relatable because we mm-hmm. all have been there. We've all been programmed as women, especially plus size women, to hate ourselves and to consume more content products, programs, and people that will allow us to spend money to hate ourselves less. So I feel like it's kind of this larger capitalist thing, but I won't go there. But, you know, I was raised to like hate my body, like the moment, you know, it's just kind of not by my parents or anything like that, but just like in the media. Right. Like, I just remember being so young. And on top of being like a little on the chunky side, I also had bifocals, like really aggressive bifocals because I had a very bad lazy eye. I had braces because my teeth like grew in like real cockeyed and like all over the place. So I had these aggressive bifocals, like braces at like the first kid to have braces in the school. And this is something I don't really talk about too often, but my husband keeps telling me I need to share this part. Um, so I'm also epileptic. So like I have this like quiet. Oh, I didn't know this. Unseen disability. So like, mm-hmm. okay, like I'm going to the doctors three times a month, once for my brain scans, once for my glasses, once for my braces. And then I'm coming back to school and feeling a mess, like, you know, and just like knowing that there's something wrong with me. Like the reason I'm getting pulled out of school is because there's something wrong with me that someone needs to fix. And it's like every other week. And from the time I'm like, cause I, I started wearing glasses when I was like three, four. So like the time you're like a toddler through high school. So I'm like, this whole life experience has been like, my mom would say it all the time. And she meant to this in the loving, the most loving way, but she's like, you're my problem child. You're my problem child. <laughs> you know, she would say it like, it's like a term of impairment, but like, also like, I was like, yeah, I am the problem child. Like I'm always the one that needs to be called out. I'm always the one that's you know, and kind of just internalized this idea of myself that like, I was not only a burden, but like, I was troublesome, and I was causing stress on my family or causing stress on myself or whatever the case may be. And then when I got old enough to like, start understanding that and the hormones start kicking in and you're like, 11, 12, you know, my grandfather, who I was the most close with my Zadie, um, he passed away. And I remember, I was getting really angsty. That was my first like, family death that I had ever experienced. And I probably was right before my bat mitzvah. Mm -hmm. So he was helping me with my bat mitzvah training and I had an attitude and I screamed at him for the first time. And then he passed away that weekend. And and my bat mitzvah was like a month or so away. And I just like spiraled. I was like, I've, I learned about, I, I hate to say this, but like at that age, my favorite movie was 13. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. 13. I feel like I have. Okay. I can't think of it, but awful movie. It is the like epitome 2000s, like self-hatred. It was like these 13 year old girls are like acting out, trying out drugs, getting in trouble, like rebelling, wearing like scandalous clothing, hooking up with guys. Like, and me and my friends like idolized this movie. We like loved these girls. So I just started acting out that movie and thinking like that was like who I was. So I started trigger warning. I started self-harming like really aggressively. I started like doing drugs and getting curious about boys. And like, just after my Zadie died, it was like this shift where I was like, fuck this. Right. I don't give a shit about anybody. I don't give a shit about myself. I'm just going to do whatever feels right, which was all bad. It was all bad. And at like 13, I was on drug and alcohol probation and, you know, just peeing in a cup once a week with all these adult alcoholics and adult narcotic addicts and like 
doing community service. And it's crazy, but like that is where I learned that I enjoy doing community service. Oh, interesting. I had to do it. I had to do like so many hours because I was on like full-blown adult probation. Like if you get in trouble now and you get on probation, that was the same thing I was doing when I was 13. I was once a week peeing in a cup with a nurse watching me, but my parents had to come. So I was going to AA meetings. I was going to NA meetings. I was doing community service and I was surrounded by people saying like, why the fuck are you here? You're too young to be here. Like, what are you doing here? You know, all that experience, like going to the hospital consistently, going to the doctors consistently, then being in like this world of people that are telling me that like, I shouldn't be there. And then, you know, it's like, I'm surrounded by this diverse group of people and seeing this diverse, like array of life experience. And then also experiencing this diverse array of life experience. And it really it put magic in me. Like looking back on it now, I'm like, that wasn't like, I put myself through some shit and you know, I put myself there. I know that I I grew up in privilege. So like choosing to put myself in trouble and choosing to put myself in these self hatred relationships. Um, But it continued throughout my teens and early twenties. But the whole time, I feel like the whole time I always knew that I like loved people. And I would pour myself into people constantly. I was constantly giving and giving and literally bleeding myself out for everybody else. So that was always in me. And I feel like every time I was able to do that, it gave me confidence, gave me a little bit more confidence. Like every time I did it, I was kind of on a search for a high to like give to people so I could feel good, you know? Um, Yeah. Abusive relationships, a couple of those back to back. I got pregnant. This is very poignant now, but I got pregnant by my abuser And before I found out that I was pregnant, I finally got the balls to break up with him because we were about to move into an apartment together. It was like the next step. We were about to live with each other. It was about to be away from campus because we were like kind of staying with each other on campus. And it was really, really aggressive. It was really, really abusive. It was like throwing things, fighting, choking, punching, all of that stuff. And we were about to take the leap to go off of the island into a new island alone. And it was like a month out. We had like finally picked our apartment and I was like, I can't do this. Like, I can't, I can't. And he called me selfish and called me all kinds of names. And I was like, yeah, I am selfish. Like, yeah. Like it was like, oh yeah. Like this is selfishness. Like, oh, choosing myself is selfishness. And I was like, I was committed to that word. Like after he said that to me. Because now I understand that selfishness leads to selflessness. If you choose yourself, then you can give to others. But if you're constantly giving to others and being selfless, then there's nothing to give. Um, And then when I moved out and I quit my job and I dropped out of school, I went back to my parents' house and I found out I was pregnant. And I was like, what the fuck am I going to do now? And I was so scared. Like, I knew I was pregnant. Like, you know, you know. Right. And I knew I was pregnant. And I went into my mom and I was like... I think I'm pregnant. And she's like, I think you need to go figure that out. So I went to my girlfriend's house. I smoked like three cigarettes. I took like two shots of vodka and then I peed on the stick and it was positive. And I was like, all right. And I like went home, told my mom and had this long conversation. And in the morning I had made the decision that I wasn't going to keep my child. I was going to, I was going to have an abortion. Mm -hmm. It was like, I was so close to not being able to have an abortion. Like I was like almost like, like right at the cusp of like, no, you have to take this pregnancy to term. And 
they showed me this documentary. I had to walk through the crowd of people protesting at Planned Parenthood and all of that stuff. And, you know, the documentary is like, basically like, you don't want to do this. This is the consequence. Here's a bunch of gory images to make you feel bad about your decision. Oh, nice of them to do that. I know, exactly. And because of where I was in the pregnancy, I had to get induced for 24 hours and then they were going to bring me back and they were going to take the fetus out. So I had 24 hours to sit with myself while my cervix expanded. So I was basically going through pregnancy. And in that night, that night where I was like going through contractions and alone all by myself in my bunk bed in my old high school room that I grew up in, I had to like face the decision like head on. And in that, that night I had like my first experience with myself that was positive. Like the first one that I like remember being like, I'm doing this for you. And if I do this for you and we give up the life of our child for ourselves, I'm speaking in like my brain and my body. Right. Then we have to live a life that's valuable. Like I can't, I can't kill my future child and continue down this path. Like I have to do something different. Something has to give, something has to make sense. So that was kind of like the jumping point where I was like, everything I do from here on out is for me. It's going to be selfish as fuck. I'm going to do whatever feels good. And if anybody doesn't like it, they can get the fuck out of my face. Plain and simple. Yes. I started acting after that. And then the rest of it is kind of history. Well, my present, but just everything changed. My perspective changed on the world that I can choose. I have a choice. My choice has value. And the more I pour into myself, the more I can pour into others and I can do what I actually love. I know that was a long story. No, that was, that's the meat and potatoes of like why I'm like so aggressively working on myself because I made a commitment to myself and my child's life to choose myself and to do things that make sense for me regardless of what it makes anybody feel. (laughs) Right. Well, and that's your decision. I mean, just think of how different you're, and I'm sure you have gone down this road, but how different would your life have been if you decided to not have an abortion or you were tied to that abusive, horrible human forever? Yeah, that was the reason. I was like, if I have my baby, myself and my baby are going to have to live with my abuser for the rest of my life. For the rest of their life. Right. And this is the life that we're going to live. Like, I already hate myself. Like, I, I knew this. I was like, I already hate myself. I'm going to be an awful mother. I'm going to, we're going to have an awful life experience. Like, this is going to suck. And I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to do it, you know? Right. And that was the, like one of the deciding factors. But on the other side, it's like, I just wasn't in the right space to have a baby. And it's just crazy. Right. That, like, all of this is happening right now in America and all of, this stupid shit that's happening. But like, literally, if I wouldn't have had an abortion, like, who knows what would have happened next? Like, I might have, you know, unalived myself. I might have neglected my child. I might have done something awful or terrible. You know, like, I just would have gone down the negative path. I had a, it was a crossroads. Right. It's like, choose, like, do this self-hatred thing for the rest of your life that we've done for 20-something years already. Or what's the other option? Like, anything else. Anything else. And good for you for doing that. You're so young, like so young to make that decision too. Like wise beyond your years. You know, I had the support of my family. Like I really, I really feel privileged that one, I got to have an abortion at all, Mm -hmm. you know, without the fear of being 
like punished right from the government and then two that like I had supportive parents that were like whatever decision you make will be here for you whatever decision you make is going to be the right one kind of like you know so I was very very lucky in that situation where it was like my parents were like we're here for you whatever you decide you don't have to live with him for the rest of your life you can be a single mom people do it all the time you know and you don't have to commit to him but I was just like I'm not equipped for this right now at all like I can't but it was that decision, that act of choosing myself and trusting my intuition and trusting my gut that built confidence. So it was like, okay, yes, I chose me. That worked out well. Now I'm completely severed from this person. What's the next thing that I can do that's fun and makes me feel good? Do an acting class. Okay, that choice built confidence. Even though my parents were like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you just, out of school. You just had an abortion. Like, you just got out of an abusive relationship, and now you want to be an actress? Like, yeah. what, what is wrong with you? Like, do you love pain? Like, I'm like, you know, but I was like, this feels right. And then I started modeling, and I'm like, oh, this feels right too. And it was just like the act of doing what felt good and what felt right built confidence. And so now I'm just like, this feels right. Like, I can make a split second decision because I've been leaning into trusting myself and trusting my decisions. And I know now that when I listen to myself and do what feels right, the right thing will happen. The thing that I'm, the vision that I see, like in my third eye, it will happen. So like the second I, if there's any doubt, hesitation, or like anything in my bones that is like, mm, I don't know, I don't do it. Cause I already know what happens if I don't trust myself. If that's where insecurity comes from, you know? So that's kind of how I've cultivated confidence and why I ooze it because I don't do shit. Well, I'm, I'm getting better about not doing shit that I don't like, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was very much the same way. And very much, I was just having this conversation. Was it last? Yeah, it was last night with a group of my girlfriends and they were talking about like how they were in high school and everything. And I used to be a very timid. I don't want to be noticed. Really? I don't want the Oh, it's three, six or one eighty. I guess it would be, but yeah, you are. I don't know more timid, like, yeah, outgoing. But like, I was more like the one in the back. I had a lot of friends, but I was never like center of attention. I hated it. I don't want anyone looking at me, no attention on me, anything, you know, had friends take advantage of me. Like you said earlier of just, I poured my heart and soul into every relationship and that wasn't reciprocated. And it took me, it took actually funny enough, another, mine was mentally abusive relationship that changed my way. I was like, I dated multiple people that were horrible. Like, tell me I'm fat. I'm never going anywhere with my life. Like I'm piss poor excuse for a person, like just horrible things. Right. Translated into a boss that ended up doing the same thing. And I'm like, okay, we need to break this pattern here. Like there's something going on. So Mm -hmm. that's where being that selfish person. And it's so funny you say shoot your shot because that's what I say on all these podcasts. (laughs) I'm like, shoot your shot. Just do the goddamn thing. Like just do it. (laughs) Like you were planted, I swear. But it changes like being a business owner, being a consultant, being just anything or just if you're going to work with people for you for building up confidence for others, you have to have your own. For me, it's like, if I'm going to tell you make this freaking leap of faith and figure out this consulting business, like, yeah, I need to have confidence myself. And it's, I could rant about this forever, as, as we all know, but it's just something that gets overlooked. And it's just like, trust your gut. I say that with job interviews, with relationships, with mm-hmm. anything. If your gut is telling you something's off, then there's a reason for it. And something's off. There's, yes. I had a coach um, recently, like when I was transitioning from my previous job to this job, her name's Karen. She's amazing. And she was telling me, she was just like, why are you staying? 
Like what is making you stay versus leave? Like what is scarier? Like, is it scarier to stay or to leave a situation that's not serving you anymore? Like, why are you doing this to yourself? Like, because I, I said it all the time. I was like my previous job, I was like, this is the last toxic relationship that I have. Cause it very much was translating in my like leadership supervisor to employee experience. It was, it felt abusive. And so I was just like, why am I so loyal to these people that don't even see me? Right. They don't even see me, you know? And the only way that I could build trust with myself is to trust myself and leave a situation that doesn't serve me anymore. So I'm just super excited that you decided to do that and that you're t- stepping in the front of the camera because you're amazing and you're just like, you just get it and you're in touch with yourself and you're in touch with other people and you deserve to be in the front. You deserve to get the, all the attention that you deserve, that you want and like, fuck yeah for leaving that bad experience. And like, I only want magic for you. And you, because <laughs> you, love you, so much. you pour it into other people. And like, it literally the other day, my team member, Lex, she said that she had a conversation with me. <laughs> and, yes. and she's young and she, you know, she loves bamboo because it's just exposing her to people who are yes. in their power, which is so freaking dope. But she was like, oh my God, like she gave me a notebook and she like listened to my story and she's giving me advice. And I was like, isn't she the best? Like <laughs> this old Lex got me on my high horse because I had just done a webinar like an hour before and I recorded a podcast about the same thing. So I was like, aren't you? I think it was like 5.15 and she's still there. I'm like, don't you leave at five? She's like, yeah, I'm supposed to, but I got this client and I'm doing this. I'm like, what do you do? What? And I I preached. Yeah. And then she's like, can I give you a hug? I'm like, yes, anytime. I love hugs. That comes from, that is confidence. Like, that is true confidence because you've done so much to find out who you are and you've made so many decisions and you've turned away so many things that don't serve you that now you can just overflow. It just comes out of you. Like literally every single time I talk to you, you're just like, do this, do that, try this. <laughs> I literally went and bought a notebook after our last conversation. You're like, you need a business cert, like Bible basically. And I found the cutest one. And I was like, I'm doing this because Angela told me to. (laughs) And she knows what the fuck she's talking about. And so if I don't do this, that is confidence. Like confidence is not how you look or how you dress or how you look on social media and stuff like that. Confidence is trust that is built within yourself. And you only can build trust with yourself if you do things that you know is right for you. So if it feels off, and you do it anyway, that's what creates insecurity. You know, like, you're like, what? Why did I say yes to this? What, what is wrong with me? Like, why am I in this situation? Then you start blaming yourself and you get on this record and it's just in spiral. Exactly. And so it's like the faster you can get at trusting your intuition, the more confidence you'll have. And you'll see it. You'll start seeing it. It'll just hit every time. You're like, oh, yeah, I broke up with that potential nasty situation in a way that Mm -hmm. made me feel good, in a way that was professional and approachable. But I didn't say yes because I didn't feel like saying yes. Right. And that's like that's like a one point on the confidence chart. Like, bing. Oh, yeah, I did that. Bing, bing. I love it. And then you're walking around with bells and whistles and you're like, what's going on with you? And you're like. I didn't say yes so to do. That's why I'm glowing right now because I said no to everybody that made me feel less than or made me feel not important or anything that didn't feel right. I said no to. You're like, hell right. yeah. Like, right. 
And it's so funny because sitting here, like listening to you say these wonderful things to me, I like still feel awkward. I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you. I love it. But I'm like, oh, but that's like you with it too. And that's what's so funny. Or and it's just like surrounding yourself with just great people too, I think is just like the big thing is like you have, again, I could, I'll be your hype chick any day of the week you want, Amanda, because I am obsessed with you. But it's just like surrounding yourself with like good people that make you feel good. Or my friend, Kristen, who we love dearly, and she'll be on the podcast in the future. Yay. But she said, this was probably about a, a few months ago, whatever it was, she goes, the difference between hanging out with you is you like make me feel heard. I can like tell you about my problems and we do very much like, what can I do for you? Do you want a solution or do you want advice? Like, do you want me to just listen? That type of friendship. Amazing. Like I just left brunch with some girlfriends and I just feel like shit now. Like nobody asked how I was doing and she, you know, had a lot of stuff going on at the time. And it's just like, you know, you pay attention to people or like protect your energy. Like you had just talked about too, of protect your energy. Are you leaving conversations like super inspired and like, hell yeah, I could kick ass and just rule the world. Or are you like, I want to go crawl in bed and just watch a movie and cry. Like that's a, right. a huge difference. And some of uh, my, my last rant on here, of course, probably not. Cause I like to rant. Let's we're doing a freaking podcast. It's we're fine. Ranting all we're, ranting away. <laughs> we're here for it, but it's just even like even starting a business. And for you, especially like being this confidence coach, launching all the great things you're launching right now, Who's going to support you? Mm-hmm. It's eye-opening because I've had friends that I've been friends with since childhood that were kind of like, eh, okay, best of luck. I've had yeah, family yeah. members. But then yeah. like complete strangers or people on LinkedIn or socials are just like, oh, she's the best. Like, yes. get it, girl. Yeah. Yes. And it's crazy. But it's real. It's so it real. And it's like, you have to ask yourself the question, like, what am I holding on to this relationship for? Like, if it's no longer serving me, like, why do I feel loyal to these people? And why do I feel committed to show up, even though every time I go and leave, I feel like shit? Like, what is the reason that I feel committed to those people? And you have to, like, you have to take a hard look at yourself sometimes. Because, like, in reality, what I'm learning now is, like, I used to get really in my feels when my friends and my family wouldn't support the things that I was doing. Yep. And I really would feel like gut wrenching anger and sadness. Like nobody loves me. Like they don't love me. They're not coming to my event. They're not sharing my posts. They're not inviting people that they know. They don't get it. They, I would get that. I don't get it. I get that a lot. I don't really get you. I don't really get it. <laughs> it makes sense. You know? And I used to like really hurt that my people wouldn't be there because I'm like, you're my people. Like, you're supposed to be here for me, you know? And I would get super overly emotional and get really, really attached. And I would like miss the people that showed up to everything that every single time I hosted something, they were there. They were the first to comment, first to share, inviting people. If they couldn't come, they would reach out and be like, I can't come. Like, I really want to come, but I invited all these people, like have so much fun. Like I was ignoring, like not ignoring, but like actively missing these people that were committed to me and got it and understood and were benefiting from what I was doing because I was so focused on my friends and family that didn't get it. And like, I spent so much time being mad at them when I should have been spending all my time, like pouring into these people that were showing up and being excited that actually somebody shows up. Like, even if it's that one person that shows up, the one person that listens, the one person that likes whatever, like, their experience with you is exactly the thing that you're seeking. So who cares if you know them or not? Who cares if they're Instagram person or not? Or who cares if they've never met you in person? Like they get it. 
And those are the people that we need to be focusing on. But also, I think one thing that really helped me the most was that I realized that the only relationship that matters in my life at the end of the day is my relationship with myself. Period. Yes. That is the only relationship. Like, yes, I love my husband. He is my best friend. Yes, I love my sister, my siblings, my parents, my friends. And like, I love those relationships and they're super hyper important to me. But at the end of the day, those relationships will fizzle out if I don't have a good relationship with myself. Period. They will not work if my relationship with myself is not working. And so the only person that matters is me. That whole selfishness side, if you want to call it a villain era, you can. But (laughs) I'm so obsessed with that. Yes. Yes. But like I was literally having a talk with Natalie, the director of Miss Voluptuous programs earlier. And I do tarot. So I did a tarot reading and I was using my Disney villain tarot deck. And she's like, I'm in my villain era. And we were talking about it, but I'm like, what makes these villains villains? Every single one of these people, and not every single one, some of them are malicious and some of them are doing bad things to people, but like most of them are independent women in their power. Mm -hmm. Oh, and they're targeted as the villain because they're choosing themselves and what's right for them over what's right for everybody else. And then they're, Oh, now you're the villain. Okay. Well, if that makes me a villain, then I'm a villain. Right. Oh my God. That's so funny. My stamps are all Disney villains. I have stamps that are Disney villains. And I had the idea that when we went to Universal in December, I'm like, why don't we have like a villain theme park, like adults only villain theme park? You heard it here first. Just saying. Uh, yeah. I love that. I'm obs- I'm equally obs- obsessed. So I love it. I love all of the things Disney. But anyway, all that to say is like the only relationship that matters is the one that you have with yourself. And so if the actions and the choices that you're making don't enhance the relationship that you have with yourself, then it's time for them to go no matter how hard it is. Mm-hmm. So the brunch with the girls is no longer brunch with the girls. It's a brunch with me, myself and I, and you'll find a new squad. That's right. You know, you will. Yeah. That actually like, likes the same kind of brunch as you. And that like believes in your vision and that will talk you up. And instead of talking you off a ledge, you know, like, or talk you to a ledge. I don't know. Right. And you're absolutely right. And it's, you know, the older you get, the harder it is to make friends and whatnot, but it's still like the right people come in your life for a reason. I want to challenge that. I want to challenge that thing that you just Yes. Because I feel like a lot of people say that. They're like, oh, the older I get. The oh, all the time. I hear it all the time. I see it all over TikTok, Instagram, everywhere. And I don't believe in that. I don't believe it because like, look at us. Oh, I agree. I'm 100% same way. You know, like, look at us. Just think about it. It's like, is it harder to make friends as an older person or are you choosing to not choose yourself and put yourself out there? Are you leaning into your insecurity or are you leaning into confidence? A confident person would say, I want to go to this thing. I'm going to go alone regardless if people come or not. And I'm going to actively try to make friends. Or are you going to be like, I'm going to, I don't want to go alone. I don't want to look stupid. Like you're feeding feeding the insecurity versus the confidence. Because one of the reasons why I host events, like my beauty pageant platform is party with purpose, but I've always done this, like bring people together because when you smush people together, regardless of if they like it or not, in a field, (laughs) doing things that they like, like, are you going to love this? Yeah, you're going to love it. Do you know anybody? No, come anyway, because I'm going to introduce you to people like, Meet people like that. Make friends with people that are like, I need to introduce you to so-and-so. Because that's how you make adult friends. And it's just people like leaning oh, for sure. their insecurity, like, oh, I don't want to look dumb or no new friends or all that stupid shit, you know? Like, yeah, no. 
we can be at any age and make new friends. We just have to choose to put ourselves in situations because we're not forced to be in school. Yeah, so that's the big difference, like, right? You're, you're forced to go to school. Were you really friends with anybody that you were in school with? Let's be real about it. Or did you have to just tolerate them Monday through Friday? Because you were smooching in a room together, see? Exactly. Like, yeah, like, that wasn't by choice. That was like by force. Like, I had to be friends with these people that are awful that don't like me and don't care about me and will sleep with my boyfriend because they want to be whatever, mm-hmm. because we have to be together Monday through Friday. And for all of our extracurriculars, like that's the only reason why we had more friends when we were in elementary through middle, because we were like, they were smooshing us together, you know? Right. So find a place where you can be smooshed together with people that you think you like, because it's something that you enjoy. And I even think part of like the confidence journey, at least for me, was just like start doing stuff I wanted to do or like by myself. Like I've been to concerts by myself. I've been to the movies. I take myself out on dates, ice cream, lunch, drinks, doesn't matter. But that's like the fun part of it of just like, I I love nothing more than just sitting at a bar and making friends. Like, yes, but I love it. I love it. But it's getting comfortable. Like, I remember like when I was going through that whole period when I like recently had an abortion and I was jobless and not in school. And I was like trying to come to terms with loneliness. Like what is loneliness? Like loneliness is a choice, unfortunately. And as hard as it is to say it, but it is a choice. It is a choice to not put yourself out there and then dealing with the consequences of not putting yourself out there to make friends or to try something new or to try something different. And I give this advice to anybody who is dealing with loneliness, volunteer. If you're feeling lonely, volunteer for a cause that fuels you, like no matter what it is, because you're going to go out there, you're going to get in the trenches and you're going to be working with people that are doing the same thing. And most people volunteer by themselves. So that's the first way. That's what I, when I moved to Texas, I didn't know anybody. I was working remotely. I didn't, I wasn't forced to be in any social situations. And I'm like, what the heck can I do to make friends? Like the Walmart people do not want to talk to me. Like the lady at 7-Eleven does not want to know like what I did yesterday. Like they don't want to be my friend, like, but they're being nice to me. But I was like not making real friends. Right. So I started volunteering and it works. And when I moved back to Michigan, I felt the same way. I was like, what can I do to meet people and make friends? You volunteer, you just sign up for a one day thing. You don't have to commit for the year, but sign up for a one day thing. In the afternoon, you're not busy. Volunteer. If you don't make any friends, at least you feel good. Right. You did something good. You did something good. You did. And so like, That is my number one advice for people who deal with loneliness or feel like they can't make friends, like volunteer for something. It works. I promise it works. It does. And you're going to find people that I feel like are like-minded like you or have passions on the same causes or just anything. I always, my go-to is just like, if you see someone, like this is how I met Andy is she had, I think her hair was pink at the time, bright pink hair, lime green shirt on, like very Andy outfit. And I walked up right up to her. I go, you, I love you. You look amazing. You look like a queen and a complete stranger. And <laughs> she's like, thank you. And then we just hit it off. Yes. And then I met you. And then I met other people. But it's just like, think about what you want to hear. I love compliments. Who doesn't love a good compliment, right? Or, you know, oh, I like your dress. And my go-to is like, look, it's got pockets. Isn't it fun? You know? <laughs> I love that. I do that too. That's a lower level commitment to putting yourself out there. It's the non-sleazy way to hit on people like as friends, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> yes. like that's literally how, like, I remember when we were at, the, like, cause I am constantly doing that. And I didn't start doing that until I was like really in my power, but it works. Like 
but only if it's genuine. So if you don't like something, but you're like, I like your shirt, it comes off very like Regina George, you know, like, oh, that's cute shirt, <laughs> you know, like, but if you really mean it and you just spew it out there, like, who knows what could happen? Most of the time, it's just like, oh, thanks. Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. And then nothing. But like, I remember I've been doing that for forever and I did it at the pageant and we were out somewhere. We were like on an excursion. We were like in a market area and we're just walking. I'm like, Oh, I like your pants. Oh, I love your dress. Oh, I like your, and the girls were like, what the, like, who are you? And I'm just like, oh, I don't, I don't, you know, cause I am a confidence yeah, queen. Just like, and they're like, I'm you and I'm drunk. I'm like, why can't you do that sober? Like do it sober. Just try it sober. Mm-hmm. Somebody's right. like, people are like, how are you so nice? And I'm like, I'm just saying, like, I like it. Like, it's like a catalog. It's like shopping, but like in real life. Like, I like that. Ooh, I love that. But it just, it's like little like gifts of magic because then they walk taller and then they feel better and you feel good. And it's just, it's the same thing as volunteering. It's like a mutually right. beneficial experience and it takes nothing from you, you know? Well, and you never know what some, I mean, I've said this before too, is like, you never know what someone else is going through. So yeah. just the fact of maybe that small bout of, I liked your shirt or you have beautiful eyes or whatever. I tell men all the time, they smell good. I'm like, I'm not being creepy, but you smell really good. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know what that is. But, <laughs> and it's just like, that can change someone's whole outlook or you just never know. And it's just like, we all have our own battles. We all have our own issues. Everyone has imposter syndrome. Everyone just looks to social media and everyone lives this like, I don't want to say a lie, but right. you and I are both very open and honest on socials and just some people that may be too much, yeah. but we attract the right people that follow us, that want to be in like for you for um, especially like confidence yeah. things you do. Like, ugh, it's amazing. You're needed. So are you. So are you. And I love that you do that. And it, <laughs> You can tell it like when you walk into a room, like you're upbeat, you're smiling, you're commenting on people, you're saying nice things. And then like, if you go beneath the surface, like you're giving real tangible advice and like, you're really actively giving strategic advice, like to a stranger, like to somebody you don't even know. And that is like, for a business owner, you are a walking billboard. And I try to tell people this all the time. Like the couple people that I've worked with on confidence, we were focused on clothing. So they came to me, they're like, I need help with my fashion. And I quickly realized that like fashion coaching is not real. It's the confidence that goes under the clothes. Cause you can take the clothes off any day. Oh, okay. You know, so that's why I'm leaning into the confidence part and dealing with the fashion. Cause the fashion's like the end of it. It's like the cherry on top, but it's that inner part that is more important than that. And I'm just like, what are you giving? What are you putting out there? Like if you're constantly in your head, like negative, 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 that's what you're going to spew, you know, like, ugh. Look at her shirt. Oh, look at that. Oh, oh, you know, right. You're on this, like, okay, I can do this. I'm going to try this. I'm just like you were saying, like constantly taking risks for yourself. Then it's going to just come out. It's just going to ooze out and you can mm-hmm. sense it. And the same way it oozes out and you can feel it sense it. If they're on the other side of the spectrum, you know, it's like, mm, like a slime monster. Right. <laughs> I think feared it away. Are you into Spirited Away? Are you into Studio Ghibli anime? No. No. I have friends that are, but... I'm a huge anime. I didn't know this. I don't know if I'm secret, but I'm very weeby. Like, I love anime. Like, I only watch (laughs) anime. Like, I only watch animated films. I only watch, like, Disney and, like, cartoons and things like that. I love that. Like, Studio Ghibli, anything. And Spirited Away, there's, like, a slime monster that comes in and everybody's, like, repulsed by him and, like... 
just like he enters the room, but they can smell him from like miles away. And like, I feel like that's very much like it goes both ways when it comes to like confidence or insecurity. And it's like, are you going to infect me or are you going to infect me? You know, like, oh, if you're into animated shows, have you ever watched Big Mouth? Yes. Yes. That's what I think of, of like the shame wizard. Yes, and yes. Oh, yes. That was like every aspect. Of, oh. What was it? The anger one or the jealousy, the jealousy worm that just grows and explodes and takes over. I'm like, she's a oh, depression cat. Yes. Like all, you know, like, and all of that is real. And insecurity is real within all of us. And, and, you know, negative energy is real within all of us. But it's just like, how do you deal with it? That is what, the, you know, it's like, okay, the depression cat comes and she's like laying on top of you and like, okay, let, let her lay. But after you're done laying, you got to get her up. You got to get her up. You got to get out there. You got, you're allowed to feel those feelings. You're allowed to process those feelings. You're allowed to feel bad. You're allowed to feel mad, sad, angry, all of that stuff. But like where true confidence comes from is like, what do you do next? What do you do next? Right. What is the next choice? Okay. I'm here. I'm lived in it. I'm sitting in it. It's gross. It's sweaty. It's icky. Okay. What now? <laughs> what is the next thing? Right. Now I'm done with this. And the more confident you get, the faster you'll be able to get up and out of those scenarios. I think. I think. I don't know. I agree. Yeah. This has been amazing. I can't believe that we're almost at an hour here, but as we wrap this up and that was like the best, Ugh. well, we'll give you the floor for more, for more parting words <laughs> of wisdom, first of all, but I don't know, this whole podcast has just been great wisdom know, and just oh, great. Yes. I love it. If anyone wants to work with you, whether it's on confidence, learning about the pageant, all the, um, like the recycled slow fashion you do, where can they find you a, and how do they contact you? Yes. My go-to is Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Amanda sweet one Oh six. Just slide into my DMS girl. Slide into my DMS. Slide right in. <laughs> Amazing. Anything else for listeners that they need to know about you before we wrap up? Is this the words of wisdom or just need to know your, your sign off? Just anything. Life is magical. The more you play. Play. Well, now we'll have to have you back on in a year when you're uh, like the confidence coach is up and running and you're just this big baller. Well, I'm ready for it, but I'm going to be calling you and be like, help me. Help me. I'm here. I'm overwhelmed. I'm too busy. I have too many clients. That's what's going to, that's what's going to happen. I'm manifesting it right now. Okay. I love it. Amanda, I love you so much. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and thank you for listening to another episode of That's Business. If you're looking for a career change and you're not sure where to start, the Resume Rescue can help. Sure, there's no such thing as the perfect fit for everyone, but here at the Resume Rescue, we're on a mission to find the perfect solution for you. Whether it's changing careers, updating a resume, learning LinkedIn, or practicing interviewing, we have you covered. Find us online at theresumerescue.com and find all of our contact info in our show notes.